0: Lord, it's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me. People like you wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is
1: all it is living in the new world. Oh, man. Powerful. Are you ready for a powerful moment? It's your boy, Benny. Today is Friday, August 11th, 2023. Tucker exposes Pelosi's January 6th cover-up in a brand new interview from the Capitol Police Chief. Oversight Chair James Comer says he will subpoena the Biden family and Joe could end up being a witness in his own impeachment trial. Come on, baby. And Billy Bush, the man who is the heir to the Budweiser fortune, joins us to talk about some cultural issues, a big show today. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. Ladies and gentlemen, I got to tell you, we care so very much about this country. We care a lot about you. We care a lot about uh, that man who's just going incred- incredibly viral. I hope you enjoyed that song um, from an artist that is absolutely ripping through our social media feeds Uh, somebody who is uh, a farmer off the grid in Virginia, lives on a 90-acre farm with his dogs and his family, and he writes about the rich men north of Richmond, of course, talking about Washington, D.C. and perhaps New York and Wall Street, and talking about how those people tax the dollar and the dollar ain't S. Try not to swear on the show. Sometimes, I swear. I try not to swear on the show. The reason why that line is sticking with people and going viral along with a line about wish politicians cared about minors uh, and not just minors on an island somewhere. Ooh, man, man. The reason why those lines stick with people is because they know that it's true. Truth resonates. Truth shall set you free. Truth is so much more powerful than the millions of lies that they tell you every single day. And that is why that song is going viral. It's also why, ladies and gentlemen, we encourage you to please invest in something other than the dollar. Invest in gold. Invest in silver. These were nice little silver and gold pieces sent to me as a Father's Day gift. Wasn't expecting that from my friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold can help you diversify against that dollar. That ain't S. You can get up to $5,000 in free silver with a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwithmany.com today. Protectwithmany.com today. Speak with their advisors. Say Benny sent you. They got the best ratings in the business, baby. And they got that sweet gold and silver, valuable throughout all time. And a wonderful Father's Day present that I received there from my friends at Allegiance Gold. Protect with today. Okay, uh, there is a group of people that deserved protection. It is the people who were there at the crowd on January 6th. Now, what do I mean by that? Uh, the, the January sixth was an event that was an cr- incredibly complicated event, an event that was clearly and obviously manufactured by a group of individuals that wanted it to happen. We've often done this sort of uh, a test on our show, a thought experiment, if you could, if you will, of how valuable January 6th is as a narrative. For instance, right now, at this very moment, Donald Trump is in court for practicing free speech on January 6th. They're going after Donald Trump. And in the same way, they're going after all leaders around the world, populist leaders who question elections. Uh, Yair Bolsonaro in Brazil is banned from running for president for eight years because he questioned an election. That's right question election. It's just a lot. The, these systems are a lot more streamlined inside of corrupt, deeply corrupt nations without any checks and balances or any judicial review. So in South America, you just have a lot more streamlined corruption. And so they were able to get their the populist candidate off the table. Right. This guy didn't even do. Guy didn't do anything. Mm. So it's a playbook that they're using right now. So how valuable is January 6th to the left? How valuable is this narrative to the left? Oh, it is so valuable. Right now in court, Judge Chetkin is telling Donald Trump that he doesn't have a right to speak or to run for president. The judge, who is the judge that overcharges all January 6th defendants, is saying, says what the defendant is currently doing, running for office, has to yield. In order to the orderly administration of justice, that's how it's going to have to be, she says. Let me repeat this again. This is breaking from seconds ago inside of the courtroom where Donald Trump uh, and his Donald Trump is being represented right now in Washington, D.C. Chuckkin warns Trump, what the defendant is currently doing, running for office, has to yield to the orderly administration of justice. That's how it's going to have to be. Donald Trump is not allowed to run for president anymore. That's the goal. That's the goal, ladies and gentlemen. Donald Trump will not be allowed to run for president. This is their intention. The judge just said it. You must yield your campaign for president. This is how, this is a January 6th trial. This is how valuable January 6th is as a narrative to the left. That is why we often, like to bring you the real information about what happened that day. Because it is not cut and dry. It is not the simple narrative that has been laid out by the press. There was hooliganism on January 6th. Certainly there were people who fought cops. Fight a cop, go to jail. I don't care what you're wearing. Red hat, black block, fight a cop, go to jail. That's all I care about. The thought experiment that we often do on the show is, what if Donald Trump lowered the gates and just let the mob run into the White House during the real insurrection? The real insurrection was in May of 2020 when leftist goons burned down the White House. Did they burn down the actual White House? Well, I think there'd be sniper rifles before they actually get onto the the property. But what if Donald Trump just ordered the stand down and let them run through the White House? Donald Trump would be able to play that footage day and night, night and day, and would be able to essentially assail the left as these goblin-like monsters who wish to burn down all of America, which they are. How valuable would that have been? Now you, can, you can't you can find anything about the real insurrection online. People forget that they burned down St. John's Episcopal church, that they torched buildings on the White House ground. People have utterly forgotten about these things. Donald Trump did not understand or Donald Trump had too high of a moral to let his country burn for the sake of political prognostication and benefit. But the left, of course, has no moral qualms. As such, they are using January 6th for maximum effect. As you just saw, the breaking news, the judge is effectively saying that Donald Trump can no longer run for president. Donald Trump must yield his desire to run for president and defend himself against his political opponents. See that? See how this is going to work? And then Donald Trump won't be allowed to defend himself against all the attacks from Mike Pence and all the rest about January 6th. See? See that? See how that, see how they, they figured that out? Mm. So far before uh, we ever saw Donald Trump in a courtroom, uh, far before this indictment against Donald Trump, we got clips of Nancy Pelosi on January 6th traipsing down the hallway, walking so gingerly and so quietly down the hall pausing for the cameras which were following her making sure that she stopped her security details so that the camera woman which was her daughter can get the shot see here yes very important nancy pelosi like does a stuck does a stutter step so that you can get the right so that you get the right imagery again what if there were camera people set up all around the white house and they just open the gates and let the mob roll through and burn the place down i know in your sweet American heart, just like mine, I'm screaming, no, don't burn down the White House. But imagine if there were camera people and you could broadcast that to the entire country, Donald Trump would have won in the year 2020, Donald Trump would have won 48 states in the election. Joe Biden would probably have had to just stop his campaign. They wouldn't have been able to defend this. Joe Biden would have had to stop his campaign. Donald Trump could have started ordering prosecutions because it was the left that were openly instigating mobs in that time. A good example of the violent left is Nancy Pelosi saying she wants to punch out Donald Trump, but notice something very important that she says right before that line, that line got a lot of attention. Notice something that Nancy Pelosi says here, very important. Secret
2: Service said they have dissuaded him from coming to Capitol Hill. They told him they don't have the resources to protect him here. So at the moment, he is not coming, but
3: that could
4: change. Check, check. Oh, he comes. I'm going to punch him out. I'm waiting for this, for trespassing on the Capitol grounds. I'm going to punch him out. and I'm going to go to jail and I'm going to be happy.
1: Oh, I've been waiting for this, you see. Protesting on the Capitol grounds. Why does she do that little hooked, demonic thing with her hand? I don't know. I've been waiting for this. Pro- trespassing on the Capitol grounds. Really? That's what you've been waiting for, lady? You're like in your 80s. You should be spending as much time as you can with your grandkids. You should be sitting at your little vineyard estate in Napa. Royce and I went actually to outside of Nancy Pelosi's vineyard estate. Nancy Pelosi lives way outside of her district in San Francisco. Uh, unless unless Paul wants to have a hammer, hammer party, then, then all bets are off. But Nancy Pelosi should be enjoying the end of her life uh, surrounded by her family, enjoying the riches of this beautiful world, and said she's waiting for trespassing at the Capitol? Why would she wait for trespass at the Capitol? Well, because that's what they charged 99.99999% of January 6ers with, trespassing. You walked into the Capitol building. Now, how would they have been waiting for that if they hadn't have facilitated walking into the Capitol building? Oh, baby, these are real questions. And questions that Fox News didn't want you to hear. Now, let me make this very clear, because this is the other odious part of the story. Tucker Carlson dropped an interview with Stephen Sund, who's the chief of Capitol Police, last night. Interview went thermonuclear, been seen by millions of people, and it's causing members of Congress to say, wait a second, maybe we need to start investigating Nancy Pelosi. Why are we not calling Nancy Pelosi in for a full investigation into her actions on January 6th? Because it's her charge to protect the Capitol. But it gets even deeper than that. In order to get the crowd into the United States Capitol, well, that crowd needed help. That crowd needed agent provocateurs. That crowd needed deep state help, actual feds in the audience. And oh, that is an inconvenient narrative for Fox News. So Fox News actually killed the first interview with Stephen Sund. Again, the person who would have all of the answers to what happened that day because he was in charge of security. He's the U.S. Capitol Police Chief, fired the next day by Nancy Pelosi. Oh, interesting. Never interviewed by the January 6th Committee. Oh, interesting. Why? Why is that? Don't ask too many questions. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. And so, here's what we are left with: a brand new interview with Stephen Sund, Tucker Carlson unleashed, said that there was no preparation for any type of riot at the Capitol. In fact, they kept the threats against the Capitol completely secret. Watch this.
5: Um, And now, you know, we're seeing the intelligence I was getting coming into it was indicating this was going to be just like the previous MAGA rallies, the November and December rallies that we had. where We had limited skirmishes. We had some skirmishes afterwards uh, down by uh, BLM Plaza with some of the uh, Antifa groups. Uh, On some of the BLM groups, but coming into it, absolutely zero with the intelligence that we know now existed, talking about attacking the Capitol, killing my police officers, attacking members of Congress and killing members of Congress. None of that was included in the intelligence coming up to. That you received. Correct.
3: But others received that intelligence.
5: Well, we now know FBI, DHS was swimming in that intelligence.
3: So you've described this as an intelligence failure, but a failure is something that happens accidentally. And I don't see how this could be accidental.
1: How could this have happened accidentally? It's not. This was something that was planned. And who planned it? Well, for the answer to that question, you need to look at the person who's truly in charge of capital security, the person who holds the proverbial and literal gavel as it pertains to who is allowed what security protocols at the Capitol. Cash Patel has been on our show numerous times saying we offered 20,000 National Guard troops and Pelosi turned them down every single time. So it's Nancy Pelosi. We now have it confirmed from the chief of police. This should be the number one news in the nation. The U.S. chief of police for Capitol Police at the Capitol for January 6th saying, nope, Pelosi didn't pick up the phone. Pelosi didn't care. Pelosi wanted the mob in the Capitol building because, as you can recall, I've been waiting for this.
5: Congress passed a law that that requires me to go to the two to the Sergeant Arms Capitol Police Board in advance of an event and to request uh, federal resources such as the National Guard. So Congress passed a law it's 2 US uh, code 1970. Look it up. Uh, just make sure you look it up before December 22 when they changed it. Um, so what was in effect on the 6th that requires me to go and get approval for bringing in National Guard or fe- federal assistance in advance I have to go to the Capitol Police Board and get approval from congressional leadership in advance like I did on January 3rd. I'm denied twice because of optics and because the intelligence didn't support it. So think about that.
3: Let me ask you, who made that decision? Who denied you?
5: Uh, I was denied by Paul Irving, House Sergeant Arms, uh, and also Mike Stinger, uh, Senate Sergeant Arms.
3: And who do on they third? Who do they work
5: for? Uh, it would have been uh, working for Pelosi on the House side, that Pelosi was the number one boss, and then uh, McConnell on the Senate side.
1: Oh, Pelosi was the number one boss. Well, then what happened when Stephen Sund called Nancy Pelosi to get help on January 6th? Listen.
5: He had some CDU uh, platoons up there, called him, said, hey, please send those in right away, because we knew as soon as they came up to their west front, they started attacking, it was going to be bad. 1258, I make my first call to the Sergeant Arms asking, saying, hey, it's bad. We need assistance. I need a declaration of emergency. I need to bring in the military immediately and federal resources. I'm told by Paul Irving, quote, I'm going to run it up the chain. I'll get back to you.
3: The chain is Pelosi.
5: The chain is, is chain would be up to Nancy Pelosi. For the next 71 minutes, I make 32 calls. I'm in the command center. I'm calling my partner agencies. And by law, you know, one of the first people to offer assistance was United States Secret Service. And by law, I shouldn't have requested their assistance. You know, I shouldn't be until I had approval. But I'm looking at my men and women having their asses handed to them. And and my first thought was, we'll take whatever discipline there is. Send me whatever you got. No, uh, that's the one tech secret service turned over. You know how they lost all their tech? Yes.
1: Mm. How much will you burn your country to the ground in order for political power? These people are the ghosts in the machine. They don't care about you. They are a godless lot. And if they can't run the country, they'll burn it to, the, to ashes. They've proven this. If they can't run the country, they'll destroy it so that no one would want to run this country. So that there's nothing left. It's called a controlled demolition, and there was a controlled demolition at the Capitol. We've played you mountains of footage of police officers opening doors, of doors that are not possible to be opened getting opened on that morning, police officers leaving strange bags of equipment all over the United States Capitol, and the official narrative of Jacob Chansley, of course, being blown completely out of proportion as police officers escorted him the united states senate for a photo op before he peacefully left the capitol they continue to lie to this very day saying that jacob chansley didn't peacefully leave the capitol it's all a lie it was all a setup for political power again this show has always held that anyone who punches a cop or behaves like a hooligan deserves to go to prison period what you can read in the thousands of January 6 cases is that most of these people saw open doors in the Capitol, thought it was a free tour, wandered through the Capitol, and stood inside of the velvet ropes. And who ushered them in? Well, the chief of police says he knows exactly who ushered them in. Watch. In
3: the aftermath of January 6, there's been a huge debate over to what extent, you know, there were um, federal agents or people who are working in some way for federal agencies. In the crowd, and the initial uh, explanation was, "Well, none," and you're insane if you think that, you know, you're Alex Jones, you're crazy. Um, and then over the last couple of years, we've seen people confirm, people in authority confirm. Actually, yeah, there were a lot uh, in the crowd that day. I mean, that's now a fact. Did um, Did you know that going in? No, they were no. no. So uh, just for perspective, since you've been to a lot of these events. There's a huge, dem- a planned demonstration in Washington, D.C. Will there always be un- assets, agents, people working for federal agencies in the crowd in civilian clothes?
5: There there always could be. And for like, like inaugurations, there would usually be some combined teams uh, out there, uh, one for communications, but just, you know, for uh, situational awareness. So it wouldn't be surprising, you know, um, Fourth of July, different things like that, where we have th- threat pictures or concerning threat pictures. And-
1: Oh, there were feds in the crowd. There was crawling with feds is the exact terminology that he used. That clip, in fact, got leaked from the original interview that Tucker Carlson did uh, to the great shame and humiliation of Fox News. Fox News deleted that interview, so we thought it was important to show it. Tucker Carlson interviewed that same man on April the 6th, but Fox never aired it. Fox didn't delete it. Fox literally silenced it, never allowed it to air because the man who's in charge of security at the Capitol tells the real story of what's really happening. We had to see little clips of it getting leaked out bit by bit. How powerful are these people? Who's actually powerful? If you wish to find out who's actually powerful in your country, all you need to do is ask, who are you not allowed to criticize? Which stories are you not allowed to hear? This is one of them. And so we need to continue to talk about it. Now, yesterday, we start. We talked about something that hmm, uh, raised quite a few eyebrows and got a people a little prickly online. Oh, man. We talked about the election fraud story in Michigan. It's important that you see it. Uh, I don't have the definitive proof. If I had the smoking gun proof, I would, I would give it to you, right, uh, in this specific instance. What we laid out yesterday is that there is a chronic problem with election fraud in this country. Election fraud is baked into our system. Hundreds of people a year go to jail for committing election fraud on various levels of scale. Thousands of people are currently serving federal sentences for election fraud, for rigging elections, for cheating in elections. Those are the facts. And so to say that there is no such thing as election fraud, a chronic election fraud problem in this nation is a lie. And to not look at the available evidence is also to deceive my audience. And I don't do that. We would never. Not here at the Benny Brigade, ladies and gentlemen. Who wouldn't get ready. We have some special Benny Brigade stuff for you coming up. So we raised some eyebrows with this report. As far as I know, we're one of the only people with the balls to cover it, but it's worth covering. And we applaud our friends at the Gateway Pundit for covering it. What they have unveiled are, through public records requests, a police operation that busted a massive dark money group that was allegedly registering hundreds of thousands, potentially illegal voters. At the very least, in one instance, there were 12,000 illegal or suspicious voters registered. Now, what does that mean? inside of a mail-in vote system, as long as you register the voter, boom, they get a ballot. I got nearly, well, I got nearly 10 ballots at my house in my domicile in Washington, D.C. I owned a a house. It was 1,000 square feet. (laughs) It was in a very rough block on Capitol Hill. And I got seven ballots. My buddy got 18 ballots. He lived in a group house. Of course, there weren't 18 people living with him. It was just every person that was ever registered to vote at that address got a ballot. That's how it works. This is how utterly ripe for fraud this is. And yesterday we went through, we actually played you a clip of Kamala Harris uh, mewling about this process itself. Kamala Harris, like absolutely bitching and whining about insecure elections. How bad our election systems are. How dangerous it is to not have a system that both sides agree upon. And Kamala Harris straight up calling for paper ballots. Kamala Harris straight up saying we must have paper ballots, accountability, government ID in order for us to have secure elections. Just a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, that it wasn't too long ago that we had a sane country now i believe you should be able to hear for yourself what the current vice president of the united states had to say about securing the election back in the day
6: systems to audit but also what they can do around um best practices and and best machinery um we are talking with them about the fact that it is probably best that you do not have your election system connected to the internet because that will create greater vulnerabilities. And then look at where we are now in this year of our Lord 2018. We're talking about paper ballots. But that actually might be one of the smartest systems going back to, you know, a day when we could we could have something tangible that we can hold on to because Russia cannot hack a piece of paper like they can a computer system connected to the Internet.
1: Oh, my. Oh, no. Did Kamala Harris start January 6th? Is Kamala, somebody bring Kamala Harris in. Those are dangerous right-wing extremist ideologies that she is espousing there. Somebody call in Kamala Harris, please, now, quick. Isn't that fascinating? Isn't it fascinating how quickly it moves? Ron Johnson, who has come on the show, made an interesting interview with Ron Johnson. He came on the show. Man, Ron Johnson dropped some absolute fire that really buckled in the point that we were trying to make yesterday, which was that COVID-19 was the Trojan horse to get mail-in balloting and the permanent destruction of our voter systems across the finish line. Here's Here we go. You create panic in people. I'm not saying COVID isn't real. COVID's real. COVID was created. We know who created it. We know how it happened. We, we, we know the process. The documents are all there. You can go see Fauci created it. Fauci straight up admits it. Straight up admits it. He admits that he funded the Wuhan laboratory, that they were doing goblin-like, Frankenstein, barbaric gain-of-function research, and they snipped together a spike protein that could infect a human being. Boom. Bingo, bango, bongo. So simple that Jon Stewart, actually, famously, uh, was able to get it. And so we know, we know that COVID is real. We know where COVID came from. We know how COVID was created. What was the usefulness of it? Well, it was able to get permanent mail and balloting across the finish line, scaring the hell out of little old people and out of Republic, midwit Republicans everywhere in Pennsylvania and Michigan, Wisconsin. Drop boxes, got it? We'll put a drop box up. You'll be able to mail in and drop in your vote because, you know, people are scary. You can't be around other people. Mm. Ron Johnson had this clip out this morning. He's a senator from Wisconsin who that just absolutely that just absolutely nails it on what we were talking about yesterday. We didn't know Ron Johnson was going to say this, but we posited that the panic and the fear around covid was very useful for getting this ballot measure across the finish line that the left has always wanted. Ron Johnson saying the exact same thing. Watch. The
6: government was working with social media to amplify lies and suppress truth and has been doing so repeatedly. Why couldn't the American people know that, you know, there were other alternatives to treat COVID? Why, why can't the American people know that there were side effects with the vaccine?
0: This is all pre-planned by an elite group of people. That's what I'm talking about. Event 201 that occurred in late 2019, prior to the rest of us knowing about this pandemic. Again, this is very concerning in terms of what has happened, what is happening, uh, what continues to be planned for our loss of freedom. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, it needs to be exposed, but unfortunately, there there are very few people even in Congress that are willing to take a look at this. We're we're up against a very powerful group of people here, Maria. But unfortunately, you say, what can we do? Well, we do have reporters like yourself, like John Solomon, other people that have the, the courage to report the truth against the mainstream media and against the narrative. But that's the only way this is going to be solved, is we need the truth to be exposed. We need more Americans to listen to the truth, to be exposed to the truth, to pull their heads out of the sand, quite honestly, open up their eyes and understand what is happening to in this country.
1: Oh, man. Ron Johnson, who put gunpowder in that man's coffee? Black. Black coffee for me, by the way. Blackout coffee for me. Who put gunpowder in Ron Johnson's coffee? Did you just hear what you said there? Yo, they have something planned. They're still planning right now to take all of your freedoms away. You ready for that? Dude, Ron Johnson's awake. Ron Johnson is awake. Are you awake? We hope you are. Because we have a brand new segment for you. A segment that is inspired, of course, by the Benny Brigade. A segment that is inspired by the sweet salt shaker on the front of our tank. Our logo for the Benny Brigade brings the salt. The salty libs, they cry. Their salty tears, they fill our cup. And we will have, with regularity, a new show called Salt That Lib. A new section of our show. So are you prepared for the very first Salt That Lib game show on the Betty show i certainly am and we even have a brand new little stinger for it enjoy
2: this is why i get so enraged with not the far right fringe but the the republican the the establishment republicans right. do you not understand that if donald trump wins Nothing else matters because it's over. Morning Joe might act just to take a little example. Morning Joe might not exist anymore because Donald Trump has said, as all autocrats say, what they will do. And he said, if I'm elected, I want the FCC reporting directly into me and he will cancel this show. I mean, you need to think that, excuse me, that extreme. It's over. Freedom is over if Donald Trump gets elected. It's that simple. No other issue matters. Every other issue sprinkles down from that. However you feel about the economy, however you feel about whatever issue you're te- dealing with, we turn into an autocracy. What our forefathers fought for 250 years ago is over. That's what's at stake at this election. Everything else is a subtext to that. Well, I mean, you 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 look at what's happening in Hungary, you look what's happening in the...
1: All right, baby. Give me that sweet, sweet salt. They are saying that... If Donald Trump is elected, then Donald Trump will take Morning Joe off the air. Where can I vote for Trump? Where? Can I pass? Can I cast a ballot now? Am I in Michigan? How many ballots can I cast? What's well, Yeah, it depends on if you live in Michigan. <laughs> yeah, ladies and gentlemen, they are salty. They are so scared of what's about to happen. What they're scared about is not that Donald Trump will take them off the air. Of course, obviously, that would be a direct assault on the First Amendment and utterly illegal. Any court in the land would strike that down. What they are scared of is their loss of control, their loss of power. That's what this is all about. That's what January 6th setup is all about. That's what mail-in balloting is all about. It is a lack of control, the control over a system that has the potential to take power away from them. They can't ever have that happen. The Obama era was supposed to usher in Democrats winning the presidency forever. Ooh, man. But there was a glitch in the matrix, baby, a glitch in the matrix. So whenever you hear the word democracy, just a reminder, that's a fill in word. That's a fill in word for my power. We must defend our democracy. No, we must defend my power right now that I wield. I must never relinquish it because I'm a godless, cretan like tyrant. So remember, we are protecting our democracy. My power. And by the way, if that democracy dares to take power away from the left, well, then they demonically scream and they'll do anything to smash those systems the Electoral College, the Supreme Court. So keep that in mind. Let's play salt that lib one more time. We'll play salt that lib, get my salt shakers out. Get those salt shakers out for my girl, Kamala. Fresh off a couple of years ago, demanding paper ballots and the destruction of all electronic voting machines because Russia can hack them. That's what she said. Kamala Harris was asked what she thinks about in the morning. Just remember what the word democracy means to these people. Get ready, ladies and gentlemen, to salt that lid.
5: Here's how the vice president responded when asked what she thinks about when she wakes up in the morning. Our democracy.
6: Wherever I think everything is at stake right now.
1: What do you think about when you wake up in the morning? My power, a little, uh, a little, a little golem with her golden ring there. My own power. Ooh, baby, this is this is uh, what happens, lady, when uh, when you choose to actually. And this would make a lot of sense. In fact, what do I think about when I? What do I think about when I wake up in the morning? I think about my children. Kamala Harris doesn't have children. Kamala Harris's career. She decided to sacrifice her family or any chance thereof for her own power, for her own career. And so, of course, that's what she thinks about. We love the Salt That Lib uh, 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 content. We will be bringing you regularly salty, salty libs crying and weeping on camera and humiliating and debasing themselves. And there is going to be a lot of that. Get ready. The streets shall flow with salt because James Comer has warned that he is going to be subpoenaing the Bidens up to Congress. Hunter Biden and Joe Biden will be on the witness list and Hunter Biden will be bringing them every member of the Biden family. James Comer laying out exactly how he's going to go line by line. That's a pun for Hunter Biden. Line by line through the Biden family with his subpoenas. Oh, absolutely based. Check this out.
6: Congressman, are you going to present this with Joe Biden and ask for answers? Are you going to subpoena Hunter Biden? They had Don Jr. under oath uh, during the Trump administration, Mm -hmm. and they asked him all sorts of questions about uh, what we understand, what we understood at the end of the day to be a lie about Russia collusion.
2: Yeah, this is always going to end with the Biden's. Uh, coming in front of the committee. Uh, we are going to subpoena the family. I mean, we're putting the case together to win in court. Obviously, with all the opposition and obstruction we're getting from the Biden attorneys now, uh, we know that this is going to end up in court when we subpoena the Biden. So we're putting together a case. And I think we've done that very well. We've shown the bank records. If I had subpoenaed Joe and Hunter Biden the first day I became chairman of the committee, it would have been tied up in court and the judge would have eventually thrown it out. Because at that time, the narrative was, well, they never took any money while he was vice president. He never had any communication with his business associates. And, uh, you know, the, the the money never came from China. We've had to go every step of the way and prove the media narrative was wrong. And the vice president and the, and the current president
1: lied. So when will you subpoena the Bidens? When will this happen? Let's have a listen.
6: Congressman, when are you expecting to subpoena Joe and Hunter Biden?
2: Well, we want to talk to about three or four more associates first. Uh, We've been communicating with a couple of them. Uh, We're trying to bring them in just like we did Devin Archer for a transcribed interview. Uh, If they don't come in voluntarily, then they'll be subpoenaed. So uh, this is taking a a lot longer. But if you look at uh, how the special counsel, Durham or other special counsels uh, conducted investigations, I think our committee is going a whole lot faster than any other congressional committee in history and any other special counsel. Yeah.
1: This is- All right, baby. So they're going to go through the Biden family, starting with Biden's brother, allegedly, Jimmy Biden. Old Jimmy Biden. It's interesting. You don't hear about Joe Biden's uh, creepy, weird, standing brothers in these uh, uh, investigations because they're really smart. They're older. They covered their tracks a little bit better But they know where all the bodies are buried, and they certainly are ready to grab their shovels, especially based on the fact that every single person is turning now against the Bidens. Devin Archer, Eric Schwerin is allegedly going to be in for a transcribed interview about the Bidens very, very soon. It's going to get bad. Jimmy Biden is first on the menu, boys.
5: We're told Joe Biden's brother, Jimmy, will be subpoenaed to testify. His bank records will be next. Then Hunter will be subpoenaed. Next, his bank records. The Biden family will resist and it will immediately launch an epic court fight. But the point, the case will be made for impeachment. You have bribery, money laundering, racketeering, and obstruction of justice allegations. Joe Biden's personal bank accounts will eventually be hit with a subpoena. This is why Joe Biden is desperate to keep Trump in court during the election. So Joe can lay low, let his lawyers in the media block questions and subpoenas and stumble into a second term, because if Joe Biden loses, he'll be indicted by Trump's Justice Department.
1: Ooh, baby. Now you're talking. And the impeachments are being filed today. The articles of impeachment have been filed actually today by a friend of the show, Congressman Greg Stube from the great state of Florida.
7: Yeah, so you you laid out a a great case uh, for a, a number of different crimes and you laid the factual predicate for those crimes uh, and tomorrow I intend on filing impeachment resolution on Joe Biden for bribery, uh, for extortion, obstruction of justice, fraud, uh, financial involvement and in drugs and prostitution, all of these things. You just touched on the highlights of some of those. But we have all the facts and evidence now. And in the beginning of this Congress, Republicans wanted to make sure that we did the investigations, that we got the information before the American people. You have witness testimony. You have financial records. You 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 have the laptop, you have text messages, you have phone conversations, you have all of this evidence now to corroborate and support impeachment articles against the president. And I intend on filing those tomorrow on all of these corruption and bribery charges that uh, you just hit the top of the iceberg on.
1: So, members of Congress who are relatively centrist, especially members of the Senate, and I find this particularly interesting. Because the line in the Senate has been, oh, don't impeach Joe Biden. Please, no. He's our dear friend. We do. We rip lines of blow off the busts of Teddy Roosevelt inside of the White House together. That's how they keep Mitch McConnell walking. That's how they keep Joe Biden walking. And ladies and gentlemen, you wouldn't want those parties to end, would you? You wouldn't want the ride to stop spinning, would you? Don't impeach Joe Biden, begs Mitch McConnell. You see, they're breaking now. Now, members of the Senate, including the biggest names in the Senate, people with the largest social media following, people with the largest base of support, people who have been fighters, like our friend Lion Ted Cruz, we say Lion Ted, we love Ted Cruz, like, like a Lion, Lion Ted Cruz, who's argued before the Supreme Court, who is himself a Harvard-educated lawyer and really smart cookie, is saying that uh, impeachment might not be good enough for Joe Biden that if he's found guilty of these crimes, well, treason will land you in prison or worse. Watch quid
6: pro quo is Latin
1: for this, for that
6: bribery is paying someone something of value in an exchange for an official favor. Now, the quo we know happened because, as you noted, Joe Biden has confessed to it in a video interview where he said he went to Ukraine He held hostage a billion dollars in U.S. loan guarantees and demanded of the Ukrainian government fire the prosecutor that is investigating Burisma and investigating the oligarch. We know the quo happened. The only question was, did the quid happen? Did they pay $10 million for him to do so? If so, Joe Biden is guilty of bribery. Hunter is guilty of selling bribes selling official favors from his father. And if that is the case, Joe Biden should be impeached. He should be removed from office. He should be prosecuted and he should go to prison and he should share a cell with Hunter
1: for corrupting the government of the United States. All right, baby. Got him by the balls. You better do something now. You got to do it. Just a few very interesting articles here off the top. There are photos now of Hunter Biden's business associates flying on Air Force Two to Ukraine. Got it? Here you go, Joe Biden on the plane. That same dumb middle distance stare look in his eyes as he's being educated about what he's about to do for his son's business dealings in Ukraine. That's what's going on in that photo. The evidence is unbelievable colonel mustard in the library with the wrench it's a game of clue and you got all the clues so republicans gotta act 77 percent of republicans in iowa want biden impeached now over millions his family received through hunter biden's foreign business deals so new polling out of iowa reflecting where the republican party base is at this very moment do you want joe biden impeached right now would you want to watch that on your hot little cell phone device. Oh yeah, that'd be a wall-to-wall beauty. I look forward to it. And we got a lot of good members of Congress who are friends of the show saying, it's going down, it's going down. If you were gonna watch that though, you'd wanna make sure that you have reliable cell phone coverage. And that is why I use Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile is an anti-woke cell phone company. They are patriots, they are mobile, and they are reliable. And we take them all around the world. We are actually going on a trip next week we're going to be uh maybe missing a couple of shows next week. We're going to be traveling crisscrossing the country for a lot of really cool projects, brand new documentaries, brand new specials including a young man who you may know actually from a, a very notable young man from the January 6th episode uh that you're going to you're going to you're going to like you're going to like when we have to put together next week. What I'm saying here is that No matter where we travel, our phones are working, they're active, that's part of our job, and we use Patriot Mobile. Go to PatriotMobile.com today slash Benny to get free activation today with the offer code Benny. PatriotMobile.com slash Benny. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're talking about American families here. Let's talk about a great American family. Let's talk about the Bush family. The Bush family, uh, immigrants to this country, effectively penniless immigrants to this country, Uh, a century ago, came here and built an incredible, iconic American brand known as Budweiser, Uh, Anheuser-Busch, the most iconic beer in the world, arguably, and the number one beer, well, up until as of recently, we are honored to have the heir to that dynasty, Billy Bush, joining the show right now. Mr. Bush, what an honor to have you on the
4: program. Great to be on with you, Benny. Thanks for having me.
1: Cheers to you, sir. Uh, I wanted to, off the top, talk about the author, uh, talk about Family Reigns, uh, uh, sort of a homage to the Clydesdales. Uh, And we're very happy that they're Clydesdales and not unicorns. I don't think it would have worked as well as a marketing campaign. Uh, (laughs) But the Budweiser brand is a beautiful American success story. Iconic, of course. And you've written about it. Please explain.
4: Yeah, I wrote about it because um, later on in life, in my life, I realized, you know, I wanted to understand where I came from. I have kids now. I want to I want to understand what runs in our bloodlines. Before I think I was living so much of the history that I really didn't, I really didn't think about where I came from, and so I was able to read some family books and um, go through some notes and and letters that my father had had kept, and I learned the history, the American history of where I came from, who my great grandfather was, my grandfather, my dad in his younger years, his his what his marriages before he married my mother. And then I also started realizing that, you know, my life was pretty unique growing up uh, during a time of the greatest growth of Anheuser-Busch when my dad was running the brewery. And I realized this is some great history. This is some great business uh, accomplishments. It took a lot of determination. It took a lot of faith in uh, my ancestors to grow this company, to build this. They love this country and um, everything it took to... uh, to, be, to, to become what it became was um, just incredible to me. So I had to put it down in black and white before I leave this world.
1: Yes. And did you discover anything that was particularly surprising about their success?
4: I, I discovered a lot of things, actually, Benny. I, I, I discovered that uh, one of the things that, that went through, a theme that went through my family was that in order to take over the company, you had to know the business. You had to know who you're who your audience was for the products. You had to know each and every department backwards and forwards. You had to understand who your employees are, what they're doing. Um, and so uh, they, they were very conscientious of every little detail when it came to, uh, to the business. And so um, that's, I think, why some of their marketing became so incredible and why the people that worked at Anheuser-Busch was, were so proud to work there.
1: Yeah. I mean, of course, that leads directly into something that we've been covering, mainly because of its outsized impact on culture. But uh, it's horrific effect on this magnificent American company that you built, who employs tens of thousands of hardworking Americans every single day and who is suffering unjustly, I would say, those Americans who are just trying to show up and brew beer or deliver beer uh, based on the woke mind virus that infected Uh, The agents of the company who decided to not learn at all from the incredible advertising past and instead partner with someone like Dylan Mulvaney uh, in a suicidal uh, seemingly attempt to uh, assail the drinkers of Bud Light, calling them fratty and out of touch. What kind of business can operate when they despise their own customer?
4: Yes, it's really tough. Um, I don't think that the the new company InBev really understood their audience. They're a a foreign company. They come to America. They really know financials. They know how to cut expenses. They're great at doing that kind of stuff. But do they really know the American audience, the Bud Light drinker, the core Bud Light drinker? Obviously not, or else they would not have come up with an advertising campaign like they did. You know, um, when we owned the company, when uh, we were running the company, I was out in the uh, distribution world, delivering beer to accounts all over the country, in Texas, um, especially, and in, in, in uh, Florida. And I got to know the people that drink Bud Light, you know, the true, hardworking, blue-collar American. Um, and the last thing they want to uh, to have on their beer can is that kind of message that Bud Light just came out with. and. And, you know, it's uh, incredible that InBev made such a mistake.
1: Mm. And truly, I mean, what would you advise them to do? Or, you know, what what would you have advised them to do if they'd come forward and been like, hey, let's put Dylan Mulvaney on a can?
4: Well, you know what? I would have uh, first said, uh, you know, watch out who the marketing people are that you hire. Mm-hmm. Um, if They're these young, woke, um, politically kind of um uh, who want to push political agendas down your throat coming out yes. of these woke schools, these very liberal schools? I think uh, look out for that because your core drinker is um, is not like that. they are true Americans that uh, that really want the messaging. That was always on there before, you know, the, the Clydesdales, it stood for strength and quality and fun and inclusiveness and bringing people together. That's why the old motto, making friends is our business, was something that my family that ran the company always lived by. And I would say, you know, get back to that kind of marketing. Hire the right people. Hire a guy like me if you need to, to go out there and tell <laughs> you how to get it done. I've been in the beer business all my life. I could have told you that wouldn't work.
1: When, when I just, I'm, I don't want to dwell too much on this, but it, it is particularly fascinating and newsworthy because you do have some of the most iconic ads in the world, right? You have the what's up ad, right? This one, this one was great. This defined my childhood. I think a Super Bowl ad, um, uh, perhaps I'm, perhaps I'm wrong. Obviously the Clydesdales, Santa, Christmas, the frogs, man, I you, you guys ki- just killed it, uh, back in the day. And now you see this person, Alyssa Heinerschneid's her name, and she says that Bud Light is fratty and out of touch and that the drinkers and the advertising was fratty and out of touch, these iconic ads that are playing on the screen. Uh, What is your response to that?
4: Yeah, I mean, how how is that out of touch? I think um, I think the, those frat ads, those ads before, like you said, Ben, um, have have been incredible ads. They teach those ads in colleges still today, from what I understand, some colleges because they were some of the best ads that ever that were that ever came about. And so, um, yeah, coming out with a ad that the beer drinker can't relate to. Uh, just doesn't make any sense. They could relate to the other ones because they were all fun. They were all, they all, they all were just fun and brought people together and lighthearted. And the Clydesdales, of course, were some of the best ads ever. And of course, you know, that stood for strength and quality all along.
1: Yes. We have a uh, very excited member community here that is so excited to hear from you. Uh, Perhaps they're big fans of your product and your family. You should be a fan of the Bush family. They're a great American family. We have a question submitted for you, sir, from our Benny Brigade. Uh, This question comes from Lori Wolf. Having felt the destructive impact of Woke Leftist culture in such a personal way does that motivate you to speak out more publicly and get more involved in twenty twenty four election to elect a conservative president?
4: It really does. I, I'll tell you. You know, I think our country is is not going in a good direction under this administration that we have right now. I think it's important for us to speak out. And um, you know, I have seven kids. Um, my family um, believed in this country all back going all the way back to my great grandfather. And we want to see this country continuing to be the the land of the free and the land of opportunity. And I think, unfortunately, right now it's going in a wrong direction. So I'm not just going to sit here and sit back and not say anything, because I think it's time for everyone, all us conservatives, to speak up a little bit.
1: God bless you. Final question for you, sir, uh, as we put the book back up. The The Family Reigns, the cover, it's beautiful. The imagery is beautiful. The Clydesdales out front. This is your, is this your father on the front? Yes, of the- it is. All right. Uh, is there any chance of you getting this company back? <laughs>
4: we, we'd sure <laughs> like that. We'd sure like that. Can I help you buy some shares? Oh, you know what? Um, I'll tell you if, uh, if I know, but I know Anheuser-Busch InBev just sold off eight different brands. Yes. And if they ever decide to sell the Bud Light brand, they could sell it to me. I'd sure as heck try to pull some people together and buy that brand because I think we can make Bud Light great again.
1: Yes. Yes. God. Yes. God bless you. I mean, truly. Why put things that are obviously divisive inside of your marketing? I mean, again, and I would love this if you put Donald Trump in a MAGA hat on a can. I think that would be great. But I I can even I can empirically say that would be probably not a great business decision because you're going to piss off people. Right. So exactly. So, if you want to get me a Donald Trump MAGA hat, can please. I'll give you my address. I will, I will, (laughs) I would love it. But, but sincerely, like, we hope the best for you and your family. We hope that these people come to their senses and give you back this great American uh, company. Godspeed.
4: Well, thank you so much, Benny, for having me on. I hope everybody goes out and gets that book because I think they'll really enjoy it. Family reigns. Thank you very much. God bless you, Billy.
1: Baby, what a what a special time that we live in. What a special moment that we live in right now to have the capacity to reach out. Uh, sometimes across the aisle, sometimes to industries, right that we've been talking about ad nauseum. We've been talking about Budweiser. You got to understand, and I didn't want to like get into this necessarily, but there was a hostile takeover. Billy Bush and his family they they lost the brand. This happens a lot in business, unfortunately. But this is the way it happens with public, uh, publicly traded companies. There's there's a takeover, and the man, uh, unfortunately, as you can just hear there, lost control of the great and honored institution in America, the Budweiser brand. And so you deserve to ask the questions like, what happens? Are they going to just destroy? Are they? Are we just going to allow them sit back and allow them to destroy every single American institution, whether it be the, the justice? or the First Amendment, or whether it be a beer can. I mean, these things are ours. They're our culture. Why aren't we protecting our culture? It's our culture. Why not? Why why isn't there like a more muscular defense for the things that are American and for the lives that we wish to live here in the land of the free, as it was once used to be called, now we have a presidential candidate who's being told by a judge in Washington, D.C., which shouldn't even have a court system, by the way, because D.C. isn't a real place. It isn't a real state. There should be no court system in Washington, D.C. There should be no federal court system in Washington. Now this presidential candidate, who is the de facto candidate, because he's leading by 40 or 50% in the polls, is being told that he can't run his campaign. Is that the land of the free? Is that a free nation? Ask yourself those questions. Ladies and gentlemen, ask yourself those questions. Jack Smith calls on Trump's 2020 election trial to start on January 2nd. Not of 2025, of 2024. He wants this trial to go down and to affect whether Donald Trump can run for president. We've been telling you this. This is the play. And you can project around the world exactly how this is going to happen because these people, I'll tell you what, like creativity is a gift from God. These people have no creativity. They have no originality. You can see that obviously in the Dylan Mulvaney ad for Bud Light. These people have no capacity to create. They only have a capacity to destroy. And so what are they doing around the world? They're destroying this, the right of the people to choose their leaders. Brazil, they toss the guy in jail for questioning election. Iran, I'm sorry, correction. Uh, Pakistan, they throw they threw Iram Khan in prison in Pakistan. The populist leader of Japan, murdered in cold blood. The populist leader of Ecuador, murdered in cold blood this week. You can see what's happening here, can't you? This is the act of a deeply desperate... Deeply demonic, deeply evil, evil movement. And we must fight it. They haven't won and they will not win as long as there are good men and as long as there are good women in this nation. And in fact, they're being handed L's uh, across the board. Interestingly, here, uh, Joe Manchin is seriously considering leaving the Democrat Party. This is breaking and potentially running against Joe Biden for president, huh? Joe Manchin is seriously considering becoming an independent, which would trash, of course, the Democrat majority in the Senate. The Democrat majority in the Senate is 50-50. They only have a majority is because of Kamala Harris with a casting, deciding vote. And so Joe Manchin, not only that, is considering potentially running against Joe Biden. Why is he leaving the Democrat Party? Because the brand is so bad. I'm seriously thinking about it, Joe Manchin said in a recent interview. Uh, I have to have peace of mind. Check this out.
2: West Virginia Senator, Democratic Senator Joe Manchin says he is seriously considering leaving the Democratic Party to become an independent. Manchin says the Democratic brand has become, in his words, so bad. The senator has helped Republicans kill off some key pieces of President Biden's progressive agenda. Senator Manchin has been the subject of speculation about a possible third party presidential run. He has refused to rule that out.
1: Uh-oh. Oh, my. What do we always tell you? It's going to get more entertaining. It's going to get more entertaining. It's Friday, so we give you a feel-good Friday clip. I don't like people being mean to each other, if we can help it. I certainly don't like friendly fire. But Mike Pence said that he doesn't believe that Americans are his concern in an interview with Tucker Carlson that Ukrainians are more his concern. He would rather spend all of our treasure in Ukraine. We shouldn't be spending a single dollar in Ukraine, in that corrupt hellhole. The only reason we're spending money in Ukraine, well, is Joe Biden. Is this entire thing a cover-up for the Biden crime family? Hmm, put the pieces together, shall we? So we shouldn't be spending a dollar in Ukraine. And I would seriously question the way that we spend money all around the world. But Mike Pence, again, in a clip that went thermonuclear and ended Mike Pence's career, he said, yo, uh, we got to spend more money in Ukraine. Uh, we should not really be looking at the cities in America. That's not my concern, he said. And so Mike Pence is dead to me. And Mike Pence was at the Iowa State Fair. And my warm little Iowa heart uh, got redder when I saw Mike Pence getting yelled at by somebody that I know, a kid named Colton Duncan. Who's a uh, really badass uh, activist? Yelled at Mike Pence during a QA at the Iowa State Fair, something called they call the call soapbox, uh, where politicians get up and they take questions from the audience, and uh, went like this. You'll love it.
0: Way back. Let me see if I can hear you. How has life treated you since Tucker Carlson ruined your career? <laughs> How you-, you know,
2: I had a very sporty debate with that former talk show host, some Fox. <laughs> And I will tell you, um,
5: you know, when some people put out a video from that that cut off the back half of my answer, I I simply tweeted the whole three minutes and said, you know, we used to call
0: that fake news.
1: Oh, okay, got it. So you call Tucker Carlson fake news and say he's a former talk show host on Fox. Dead to me. Dead to me. Dead to me, ladies and gentlemen. It's really too bad. It's really too bad. Because that means we've been we we've been tricked, right? This man was a snake. But it's good to see people's true colors. It's often when I say on the show, man, I'll attack Republicans harder than I'll attack Democrats. I consider myself a Republican. I consider myself a conservative. But this party is utterly useless if they do not understand the value of defending America. Mike Pence is dropping like a rock in the polls because he refused to defend America. He refused to put our needs ahead of the needs of some corrupt third world backwater country for the sake of the forever war machine that the neocons perpetually grease. We're not going to allow it. We're not going to allow these people who hate us and hate our country to continue in power. We're gonna vote for those who defend us and who believe America first that's it. That's it, baby. Why do we say America first? Because this is where we're raising our kids. It's pretty simple. You can believe in American exceptionalism. I certainly do. But this is where we're raising our kids. This is where you own land. This is where your house is. You should want this place to be protected and to be strong and to be built up. You should want this place to thrive. How do we get there? Well, you can start by getting your heart right, your soul right. And with your verse of the day, ladies and gentlemen, from Matthew 5, 12, rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven for so they, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You will face persecution in this life. We are living in a sunken place and obviously there are going to be bad leaders. There always have been, always will be. But you set your eyes on that north star, and you say, I will march forward. I will continue through the persecution, and your reward will be great in heaven. You are not promised justice in this earth. Remember, they crucified Christ. You are not promised justice. They held trials for Christ, right? Give us Barabbas. You are promised that there actually is injustice in this world. And there may even be persecution. But you march forward. And you say, not today, Satan. And you speak the truth. You speak the truth and Satan flees. That's how Christ... Christ didn't bring lasers or thunderbolts down on Satan's head when he was tempting him. He simply spaketh the truth. And the truth set him free. And so that's what we do on this show. We speak the truth. We love our american culture we love this place a lot this is where we're from we're going to protect it and we're going to win ladies and gentlemen we will leave you with our new favorite song and we know we started off at the top of the show but this is a song a protest song in the american tradition it's called rich men north of richmond It is a song that is written and performed by a farmer who lives off the grid in the middle of Virginia, in the middle of nowhere, with his dogs. And he is struck at the very heart of where my movement is. If I could summarize my worldview in one song, it would be this, ladies and gentlemen. Listen to this, be inspired, know that we will march forward that we will have justice in this life or the next. Have a beautiful weekend with you and yours. The song will take us out. I've been selling my
0: soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay. So I can sit out here and waste my life away, drag back home and drown my troubles away. It's a damn shame what the world's gotten to. For people like me, people like you, wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is, oh it is, living in the new world.